Hey everybody, Greg here for another episode of the Aviation Growth Podcast. Today joining me, I have Rob Polston, the CEO of Spartan College of Aeronautics and Technology. Rob, how's it going? Going well. How are you doing today? I am uh, I'm doing pretty good. I like your, uh, like your backdrop back there. Thanks. It's uh, downtown Chicago where our corporate headquarters is. So yeah, it's a great view of the river behind me so but it's cold very nice cold day over here we need some more sunshine (laughs) well cool um so today i know we wanted to talk about a few things i think really focusing on workforce development human capital um i know you guys are heavily invested in that in that space um but maybe we could start with just a quick intro to maybe who you are what's a little bit about your personal background um and then a little bit about what you do at spartan and uh what spartan's all about yeah great so I've been uh, been in education almost 20 years now, um, okay. investing in um, education companies and running education companies, uh, both in the U.S. and in Europe. Um, and at Spartan, we do one thing, but we do one thing really well, which is we have a small aviation uh, portfolio programs. So we teach uh, mechanics for AMP licensure. We teach uh, electronics. For, uh, for aircraft, uh, and then we also teach non-destructive uh, testing and quality control. That's on our tech side. And okay. then we have a program that uh, allows people to start ab initio flight training and eventually become commercial pilots. So we're, we're really focused on aviation, uh, only aviation. That's all the education we've been, we do, and we've been doing that for 93 years. Uh, I've been with the company now, this is my fourth year uh, as CEO, and I'm just really excited about what we do here. I think there's no place in higher education that's actually serving a need that's more uh, in demand and will be in the future uh, than what we're doing here at Spartan. And um, I'm really excited about our industry and what we can provide provide future prospects and and career paths that they can go on, on into aviation. Very cool. And, and uh, where, are your, where are your campuses? Where are you guys based out of? Or yeah, located? so we, we started out, like I said, 93 years ago um, as an airplane manufacturer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, and then eventually uh, became the legacy into training uh, mechanics and pilots. Uh, we then expanded into Denver uh, a couple years back, a few years back, and then also into Los Angeles. We have two campuses, one near uh, the Los Angeles airport and then uh, one in Riverside, California, uh, what's known as the Inland Empire. So um, four campuses today um, and covering you know, most of the Western United States uh, in terms of our geography. Sure. Very cool. And so, you know, I think the big thing that we wanted to talk today about is our workforce. And uh, I've had plenty of conversations about it. You know, on this podcast, we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, And it seems like one of the biggest obstacles facing this industry is our workforce. And so maybe you could give me, from your perspective, a little bit of a rundown on you know, what, what's the current state of the workforce in aviation? Yeah, so when I first came on as CEO a few years ago, four years ago now, 
Um, I was looking at the projections and the Bureau of Labor Statistics and reading Boeing reports, and, and um, it became very obvious that there was going to be a huge supply demand imbalance in terms of uh, skilled labor for the aviation industry. And the pandemic actually sort of slowed that down a bit, but then right. ironically accelerated it because people were furloughed. They decided not to be in the aviation industry anymore, given the layoffs that happened. So what the pandemic did was actually create an even greater supply demand imbalance. So right now what we're seeing and what we're hearing from our partners is we need more mechanics, we need more pilots, we can't find them fast enough, and we're not even at pre-2019 you know, levels, pre-pandemic. Right. Uh, for reven revenue passenger miles. So, you know, this is something that was coming. And really the, the big overarching issue is that there's a lot of mechanics uh, and a lot of pilots that are going to be retiring and mandatory retirement for pilots at age 65. Mm -hmm. So today, you know, the, the country as a whole is producing about 5,000 new pilots a year. We're going to need 20 to 30,000 pilots uh, in the not too distant future. So everyone is going to be competing for a very limited supply of qualified technicians and qualified pilots. Um, and there's going to be, you know, not the traditional way of being able to approach filling those jobs, which is everybody looking for graduates from schools. There's not going to be enough to go around. So right. what I really see in terms of workforce development, and that's exactly how I would describe our company, um, this is an essential industry. You can't imagine where you wouldn't be able to have someone drop something off from Amazon or FedEx or UPS, much less be able to fly for leisure right. or for business. Um, this is an essential industry to our, to our country and, and globally. And so what we really see as the opportunity is for us to partner with airlines, with aerospace companies, with other aviation companies, uh, and to provide... Um, training to high school students who generally aviation is not in their consideration set. Mm -hmm. So there's, a, there's a, um, an opportunity for us to educate, but also for us to match um, you know, high school students and job changers uh, who's, who really don't see aviation yet as a growth industry, which it is. Um, and so if you look across the landscape, of you know jobs that are growing and in high demand, um, aviation is one of the top. As as a lot of skilled trades, aviation sure. is one of the uh, top areas of I think global concern, and especially in the U.S. Uh, to have a you know a well-educated workforce that can continue this essential industry in the United States on its current path. Yeah, sure. So if you were to look like let's say five, ten, twenty years from now, if there isn't a correction that's made in regards to the number of people entering the industry. What, what type of long-term impact do you see there? So it's been pretty well, you know, kind of published out there, but, you know, just taking Boeing as sort of the, um, as sort of the, um, the marker here yeah. and their annual uh, uh, projection, yep. there's a need for 600,000 pilots and 600,000 mechanics uh, globally over the next 20 years. Um, and over the next 10 years, starting in a couple of years, is when the United States will really 
start to feel the impact of mandatory retirements for pilots. Um, and, and so it's really right on the horizon here. And again, like I said, we're, we have partners coming to us now, employers who have been taking, you know, having our graduates go and work for them. They can't find enough supply. The issue is right. it takes three years to become a pilot, to go through, start from ab initio training, to go through your CFI instruction, your certified flight uh, instructor, uh, and to be able to sit as a first officer, um, that takes at least three years in our program. Um, right. And similar on the side for, uh, for a mechanic or a technician, it takes at least two years uh, mm -hmm. to get to be ready. So these aren't careers that you can force uh, quickly. They take time, they take apprenticeship. Um, as you know, they're, 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 you know they're, they're really, it's all about technology and safety. And that can't be learned overnight or in an accelerated way. That has sure. to be done in a, in a measured way. So, you know, our program is designed to really be, um, it, you know, to, to not uh, have to require people to do college-level programs uh, that really don't pertain to their career, um, but really to train them specifically for, um, for the aviation industry. So it allows them to do this quickly, more quickly, but it mm -hmm. still takes time. So my outlook is this is going to be a major problem for any airline, for any aviation company, for aerospace companies, to find talent that's well-educated and trained. Um, there's, going to be, there, there's going to be a dearth of, of supply out there for this. Sure. And so just to, just to clarify, on the, on the AMT side, on the technical side of things, um, you know, people entering into this industry and looking for a career in that space, there's a few different options about how you can go about getting like your AMP um, or a few of the other programs that, that you had mentioned. And you can do that in a traditional university. Um, there are programs at you know certain schools for aviation, but they may be you know they may have your standard course load that every student is going through. That you know students may deem they're unnecessary or they're not interested in that. And so, if I'm getting this right, you're really truncating the program. It's highly specialized and accelerated so that they can run through that kind of as fast as possible, knowing that, you know, this is not something that you can rush. Obviously, this is, you know, there's a lot to learn and you need that hands-on experience. But am I getting that right? Yeah, you're definitely getting it right. We offer programs at a diploma level, um, mm -hmm. at a associate's degree level. And then for people who want to go on to management, we offer a bachelor level so okay. we offer different um, length of program, okay. and um, but really what we're training for on the AMP side specifically is to get to licensure, uh, mm -hmm. to have your AMP license, to be recognized as an AMP licensed mechanic. Um, that's really what we're training for. So it's um, so yeah. To your point, we're not we're not um, I would say slowing people down by needing to go to programs that um, have, a lot of, have a lot of content or a lot of courses that aren't relevant really sure. to being a licensed AMP mechanic. Uh, but it, it allows them to get the skills they need and to go off and, and work in industry. So from that point of view, it's, it's, um, you know, it's really, I would just say, focused mm -hmm. um, and you know, allows you to, to get the skills that you need uh, to get to the workforce, which is 
what, again, coming back to workforce development, a lot of people in this country think you need to have a four-year degree to go on to a, you know, onto a great career. Right. Um, you know, I challenge them to look right at aviation, and if, if they have an interest, call Spartan. Um, these are great careers. They're growth industries. They're technology-focused. Um, and, you know, it doesn't take four years uh, to become, you know, to become what you want to be and get into the market uh, in an industry where there's a lot of demand. Um, and it's an exciting career path. Um, sure. It, working in aviation, as you, as you know, uh, working on airplanes, working in high technology, uh, working in related fields in aerospace and aviation, there's a lot of opportunities for people who are technologically focused or who want to become a pilot. Yeah, for sure. And then, so for becoming a pilot, you know, for a lot of the pilots that um, I'm friends with and know, they've gone through like your standard flight schools in the past. And how would you say there you you guys differ from your standard flight school out there? Yeah, there's different flavors of flight schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's universities which are well respected and well regarded um, that take take a little bit longer to get through their programs um, and, you know, have, have, have great programs, but are, you know, are a little bit more limited. And then there's a lot of mom and pop flight schools out there where you don't have access to, um, to financing opportunities or options. You don't get a degree. Uh, It takes a long time. And that's, you know, generally the industry is very atomized. From a from a flight school perspective, I think what we offer and what really um, attracted me to Spartan is that we have that perfect mix. We just bought uh, 32 new aircraft, uh, Piper Archers and Seminoles. Uh, we have brand new technology with uh, with those uh, training planes, and we do this in 17 months. Uh, if you complete the program on time, it's 17 months to uh, to then go on and become a certified flight instructor. Uh, which will which will then require another thousand hours of instruction. So, you know, we're we're a lot different than a traditional university because, like right. you said, we're sort of getting rid of all the um, you know we're 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 being really focused um, in terms of what you need to know to get to industry. But you're also getting your associate's degree um, mm-hmm. at the same time, and could go on for your bachelor's degree online. So we think we offer a, a really flexible solution. That is not traditional, but it also isn't a mom and pop where right. uh, it could take a lot of time uh, and maybe never get to the to the end goal, uh, which is you know three three to three and a half years. You're you're sitting as a first officer uh, sure. over at a regional airline. Sure. Yeah, I know a, a lot of people that have tried to do the kind of part time flight school. At a, at a local place and it takes a long time. And there's been a lot of people that have, that I know that have, have given up on it just because of the, the expense, the time, um, just trying to juggle everything. And so I, you know, I guess there's, it, it's all, I guess it all really depends on you personally, what works for you, your schedule, you know, yeah. uh, the financial aspect of it and everything like that. So, well, we bring, you know, we bring people through the program. We've been in this, mm-hmm. we've been in higher education, uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, we are recognized, um, and offer degrees and diplomas that are recognized, uh, by national creditors and as well by the department of education. So, 
you know, we're, we're trained. We, have, we not only have academics and have, um, you know, uh, teachers who have been in industry, but we also have career services who help you get placed. We yeah. have people on campus who work in student services while you're in school. Um, so, you know, this is the full, uh, the full uh, complement of services that you need to right. really get through the program from when you're first getting out of high school or maybe you're job changing. Um, college is college. It's still, an, an, it's still an experience. And so a lot of, you know, a lot of the mom and pop flight schools out there, and I think there, there's some really good ones too, uh, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, they don't have those types of services built around helping a student uh, not only get through their program, but also all the emotional, um, you know, growth that goes around those, those years in school. So we, we kind of, we provide all of that. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that's how we're, you know, that's how we're different at Spartan than, um, you know, than the local option. Gotcha. Yeah. And you kind of touched on one of my next questions was around, you know, first, like, mentorship as you're going through your program, you know, being in touch with professionals that are already out in the industry, already working, and then, you know, the process of getting placed. Can you talk a little bit about Spartan and, and how you're helping people along their journey and then, you know, ultimately landing their, their first job in the industry? Absolutely. Yeah. And we, you know, we talk about while you're in school, um, sometimes that's where a lot of schools end. Uh, you right. know, come, come to school, get your education, and then maybe, you know, maybe we'll follow up with you. But, um, you know, we, we know at the end of the day that what matters is, you know, not only your experience here, but what are you going to do with your career and are you going to make it, you know, make it uh, work for you? For what you you know what you came to train for, so we have a really um, robust career services um, function. Mm -hmm. uh, we're nationwide. We have national recruiters. We also have local recruiters, and we're pretty well known in the industry because we've been around so long, uh, and people know that they're going to get quality graduates from our program. So we're we're pretty highly sought after for our graduates, but recently we've taken a step further which I think is really critical. And it, it sort of comes from my days when I was in Europe where there was a, a much tighter linkage between employers uh, and students at the very front end. So recently we just announced a partnership with SkyWest. Um, and this is an example of how we're, you know, we're really um, trying to be much more connected to industry and connecting students to industry. So SkyWest and, and Spartan announced a, a cadet program Okay. Uh, pathway program, uh, which they have with a couple of other uh, schools, which really helps identify students who are just entering into the program, either as a pilot. Uh, we also have a, a, a newly launched mechanic program or tech program. So what we want to do is help SkyWest, who needs hundreds of pilots and mechanics yeah. in the future. We want to connect them with our brightest prospects early on uh, before they even start school at Spartan uh, and allow them to have what you just called, you know, the mentorship. So not only do they come in and, and be part of that program, but they have access to SkyWest. They have access to interviews. Um, you know, they feel like they're truly part of a pathway uh, to the job that they ultimately want to have. And I think what we've seen um, in, in the short life of this program since last summer is that it really gives confidence to parents and to students about where their career 
um, or what they're going to do uh, right after graduation. So it, right. it starts to eliminate some of the unknowns, even though we know this industry needs a lot of people. Um, you know, it gives them that pathway, that, that line of sight from the day they start the program uh, that they, they have a position at or they, they have the opportunity right. to go to SkyWest if they fulfill their program uh, and these benefits. So, you know, I, you're going to see a lot more of that from Spartan. I think this will be an industry trend is, is really to, you know, look at us as not only educators, but also, um, you know, really connected with industry so that uh, students know really early on where they can go, where their options are, and employers are going to benefit. Um, And rather than looking for graduates and competing in a marketplace where salaries are going to continue to rise because of supply and demand, but they can really differentiate themselves, customize programs, and be connected with students much earlier uh, than at graduation time and fulfill their, you know, fulfill their human capital needs because that's what it's going to take for them to build loyalty and to, and to fill these positions. So, you know, we're, we do the traditional career services, I think better than most, a lot better than most, but we're taking it a step further by, um, by having these industry partnerships that are really deep seated. Right. No, I I love that, you know, and talking with a lot of younger people and a lot of parents and they're trying to figure out, you know, we're trying to push, you know, nudge their, nudge their kids in the, in, in the right direction. And right now, uh, you know, I think it seems like more now more than ever having a very clear path on, on where you can go. It seems like it's a great investment, right? So you can go for, for kids that are coming out of high school and maybe unsure about a career path, um, and they're going to school for, and I'm not knocking this, but just giving kind of, you know, what I'm seeing out there is, you know, they go to school for something like general, like communications or maybe business or something along those lines. And they come out, they graduate and they really don't have a clear path on where they're going. You know, they don't necessarily know an idea for a salary range they're going to be in and, it's really tough for for those kids to get placed somewhere that they that they want. And so with this, you know, it's it's very it seems like very clear expectations of what you're going for when you come out, you know that there's going to be demand and you have an idea in general of how much money you should be making. And so, um, you know, one of my questions, and I don't know if you have, you know, good intel on this is around, you know, I think salaries are, are now rising in this field, uh, thankfully. But is there, do you have like rough numbers on averages for, you know, students entering the workplace? You know, what, what type of annual take home they, they would be looking at? I'm sure the answer is it depends. But It really does yeah. depend. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I, I'm always hesitant to quote um, industry sure. norms because they're not norms. Um, mm-hmm. And we're, 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 we're always quoting the low end of the range because sure. we certainly don't want to um, give impressions that people right. are always earning. So uh, I always encourage people to look at BLS statistics. Um, mm. I can tell you that salaries are rising dramatically. But, you know, I wanted to hit on something that you just said that I thought that I think is really the crux of the problem or one of the things we're trying to solve. 
you know, industry, the, ind- the aviation industry um, has such, uh, uh, such appeal f- uh, in terms of technology and technology change uh, and, the, and the impact that it has on our economy and on people's lives. But they haven't done a really great job of communicating that to, um, to a pipeline of candidates. Right. And um, part of that reason is the industry over the years has been so capital intensive and has had so many shocks when it comes to financial, uh, the financial um, meltdown in 2009 or when it comes to SARS or when it comes, you know, it came to the, the first Iraq uh, war. There was, there's, there's been these external shocks to the industry that have um, pushed it back. Mm-hmm. Now all of that is culminating in a workforce that is is retiring at an, at an alarming rate, but the talent hasn't been recruited because these airlines have had to deal with such capital-intensive needs that they haven't been able to really invest uh, right. in the next generation of pilots and mechanics, and the technology is changing. So um, you know th- the issue is that aviation really hasn't become mainstream for a lot of kids today for a lot of people coming out of high school um, I do a lot of just you know a lot of um, uh, talks with uh, with uh, high school graduates they're not even thinking about aviation unless they've right. been exposed to it which is a pretty small part of our you know part of the country so our job is really to get out you know one of the biggest issues is things like you're doing today is raising category awareness mm-hmm. of the industry people know what nursing is They've seen it on TV. They know what criminal justice is. They've seen that on TV. They've heard about it. They're, they don't know about aviation. So our, our biggest um, opportunity is to really tell the story, not only about Spartan, but also about this incredible industry where people really can earn, uh, I, th- I think, in a, a, a significant um, uh, amount of money during their career a tremendous payback on their education investment, mm-hmm. but also be part of an industry that's growing globally. So if you yeah. even thought, you know, as a, as a student in the U.S., and, you know, they're looking for people all over the world uh, to be able to fly planes and fix planes, major, major airlines um, are, are looking for it, and it's all English-based. So mm-hmm. being in the U.S. and being trained in the U.S. is another special advantage. So. My point is there's lots of opportunities. People, I think they just don't know about it. And, sure. uh, you know, the other piece of that is, is women in aviation. Um, this industry is dominated uh, by, by men. Um, mm-hmm. And if we can bring more women into aviation, become pilots, become mechanics, uh, that will do a world of good because it's, it's a huge, the predominance is men. So we need to get women involved in aviation, and we need to get them involved in a big way to help solve this, uh, solve this problem. And there's plenty sure. of jobs out there um, sure. for, for all types. So, um, you know, like you said, coming back to your initial comment, which is, you know, like if you're a high schooler thinking about a future career path or, or mom and dad is thinking about a future career path, we've got all sorts of opportunities um, to be involved in a high-tech industry uh, where, you know, where there's lots of opportunities for either moving or um, creating a new life. Um, yeah. And um, and as a pretty rewarding career in a, in a career that really, really rewards people who are demanding. Um, so I think it's, it's just, it's really about um, creating that awareness um, for students coming out of school. They just don't know about it. And, and for job changers sure. 
who are looking, maybe they're being displaced by automation. Right. This, is, this is an industry where, you know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity. Sure. Yeah. I think the other thing too, that, um, you know, again, it, it all, it all depends. Not every, not every, uh, not every role, um, you could count on this, but you know, people are looking for that, you know, work life balance. And in some cases, aviation could bring some pretty interesting opportunities when it comes to, you know, schedule, like you said, location, relocation, uh, travel, uh, exposure to, I mean, all types of people and all different types of places. And so I think that's something that's not really promoted all that much, um, but is, you know, people have some very, very interesting lifestyles um, being part of this industry. I mean, you you know as well as I, there's a lot of jobs out there where you travel a lot for your job. Sure. So, um, you know, being being the captain of a plane or a first officer uh, or having the ability to potentially, um, you know, work in a, work abroad someday because right. of those English-based skills, there, there's a lot of mobility that offers. But, you know, we're we're traveling a lot. We're on planes a lot. Uh, yeah. So why not why not be the person who's uh, who's manning that trip uh, as a career? And yeah, I think the lifestyle is you know depending on where you are in your career, um, you know allows you to in some cases I think have a better work life balance and right. uh, feel more fulfilled. Um, so yeah, it really depends on the person. But I you know I I never thought about um, this as a career path when I was growing up. I really wasn't exposed to it. Um, and you know, that's what, that's, what's so exciting about this. I don't, I really look across the jobs that are being created, skilled, skilled trade, workforce development, things you're talking about careers that really were not, um, heavily, um, promoted over the last 10 years in higher ed. And now we have problems finding skilled trades, people, people being plumbers and being truck drivers and being, being in aviation. These are all careers that our economy depends on and they've sort of now just been starting to get attention again because there's not enough people to do the work. Right. Yeah. So I, I think one, one of the other questions that I had for you is just around, you know, I'm, I'm sure COVID has changed a lot of things for a lot of different people out there. Um, and I know that one of kind of the limitations around education in aviation is around, you know, that hands-on experience, that classroom time. Um, but how has, how has, uh, Spartan looked at, you know, technology when it comes to like being remote? understanding, you know, you're never going to be remote a hundred percent of the time for this type of work, but, um, how has, how have things changed in the, in the classroom for you guys? Yeah. So great question. And I think it gets to the, you know, what's the future of, mm-hmm. uh, education in, in this field. Um, and I used to, uh, have a lot of students that were fully online, uh, not at Spartan, but in, um, in other programs and right. business and, um, uh, this is this is an this is a um, a career field where hands-on is important. I mean, you're working on planes, you're flying planes. Uh, there's no replacing uh, the lab portions, uh, which are an integral part right. of what we teach. Um, but there's more flexibility around the classroom during COVID. Um, you know, we were well. I, guess, I should mention we were one of the first 
uh, we were the first uh, college to have an FAA-approved hybrid program for our AMT. And that meant that you could go, you could be online for, uh, for 13 months and then go to our campus in Tulsa, Oklahoma and finish out your labs in seven months. And that was pretty innovative and it still That's is pretty awesome. innovative even today. Yeah. Um, but during COVID, we started to, you know, really use our, we had, to, we were forced to uh, into Zoom and doing th more things online, more didactic teaching online uh, and doing our labs, um, you know, in sync uh, with with that with that classroom, but at a at a slower pace because uh, because of public health measures. Now we're fully back, thankfully, in early right. 2021. But you know, I it brings up um, it brings up really a really important evolution, and I think more and more, as you say, will be more hybrid in in focus and orientation. People will want to learn online their didactic teaching. They'll want the flexibility of being able to be in a classroom or being able to be on their technology. Uh, right. And then I think the lab portions eventually will become uh, more uh, computer-based as well. But I think for the, you know, for the intermediate term, um, it will be a mix of hybrid learning, which we do today, um, being able to be online for di some didactic portions, and then still a good, you know, still a good uh, portion of labs, uh, lab sure. work. So, um, you know, but I, I do think I do think the future is more and more around VR uh, right. and around um, being able to do things in a virtual world. At least parts of that lab will become more virtual as the technology and as the programs. Um, you know, even even the airlines when they're doing their training. Uh, are using much more uh, simulate, simulation technology, uh, and we will adopt more and more as, uh, as the years go on and we adapt. But I think for now, it'll be a little bit more traditional in, in that approach, yep. um, but more going online. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. I actually had um, two guys that came on uh, one of my earlier episodes of the podcast, and they're uh, they're building or they've built a VR platform, VR AR for uh, aviation education, and they've mm -hmm. done it in other industries. And now they're uh, they're building, you know, now where you could walk into a virtual hangar, go into a virtual aircraft, actually go through troubleshooting. And uh, yeah, they came to the studio. I got to wear the headset. Walk around the uh, the avionics compartment in a in a seven thirty seven. It was uh, it was pretty cool uh, to see kind of where this technology is going, and I don't think it replaces the you know the hands on experience that you get. But when it comes to that, just repetitiveness and getting familiar where everything is and the the steps in the process, I think it really does have a have a place. Um, Absolutely. But I, 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 I also know, yeah, and uh, in talking with those guys, I know that um, there are some changes, I believe, that are coming down the down the pipe for a revamp of the, the 147 requirements. How do you how do you see that? And how does that impact your, um, uh, you know, the, the courses and, and everything that you offer? Yeah, I, I welcome that, actually. I think, you know, it's, it's in line with how we were um, one of the first innovators, like I said, for the AMT yeah. hybrid program. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a number of students, we have quite a number of students in the hybrid program because it allows them to continue working and then take a brief sure. a break 
from yeah. uh, from school for seven months. But I think um, you know what the part 147 is going to do is going to um, is going to feed right into that model, which is more flexibility, more online. But what you're also going to see is more competency based, which means mm -hmm. measuring the skills that you have um, and allowing you to go through that program uh, in a in a in a way that um, fills the gaps that you don't have, but allows you sure. not to spend time on the on the things you do have. So I think competency base as a result of the part 147, um, it's going to open up. I think it was actually a really smart thing and uh, yeah. an about time sort of thing, which is let's get out of this you know archaic model into something that opens the market up for for people to learn. Um, and and I, I think because of that, they will draw it will draw more people into the program and help solve some of this supply and demand issue. Sure, very cool. Um, one, I guess one, one of my last questions for you is, you know, I think there's there's a lot of people talking about this problem that we have regarding workforce development. What would you say is kind of the best way for whether you're an individual, a, a business, an airline, whatever it may be, what's the best way for people that are in this industry to get involved, to try and bring more people into it and grow the grow the talent pool? Well, I think you're already starting to see it. Um, there's mm -hmm. some, um, you know, some interesting announcements from, um, from companies like United who just started their own flight school um, mm -hmm. down in Arizona and also partnerships. Uh, you have uh, American who had their cadet academy um, you know, I, I, and SkyWest who we just partnered with right. uh, this past summer. I think you know partnering with education institutions um, for employers uh, is a great way for you know for um, for for the end market uh, to get visibility into early early into students right. who are just making their decision, um, and then helping to educate them. We do webinars and podcasts where we try to have um, employers. Uh, talk about what it's like to be at SkyWest and what the right. what the career path looks like. So I think more innovative, um, you know, more innovative communication from ultimate employers uh, are going to get uh, people interested in the career in in the careers. And we're again we're connecting uh, down you know down in the high schools and and for job changers. So to me, that's that's really the challenge here for all of us uh, is to um, is to communicate. Uh, that that kind of career path and what you're going to be doing and educate um, a, a population that's kind of yeah. generally doesn't really understand these types of careers or they feel like it's not. I hear a lot that it's not. I can't I can't get there because I don't think I have the technical skills or right. I would never qualify to be a pilot or a mechanic. The reality is it's a it's a reachable career um, with yeah. the right training. So more of that, more innovation. I th I think the the employers really need to take. Um, you know what has be what has been a very insulated uh, industry from a from from a recruiting standpoint uh, mm -hmm. to one that's more um, broad based and uh, media driven, and I think you'll get a lot more you'll get a lot more attention and a lot more awareness, and people will come into the industry once they know what it's about. For sure. 
Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about what you guys are doing to uh, to bring people in. It's it's really cool. I'm I'm happy to see the type of programs that you that you have. Um, I guess you know if if uh, listeners are interested in either learning more about your programs or maybe partnering with you or seeing, you know, how they could get involved, whether it's mentoring students or, or trying to, to get uh, students lined up with a career path. Um, where can they get more info? How could they get in touch with you? Yeah, the best place is uh, www.spartan.edu has all of our programs um, and contact information for admissions uh, and for, um, you know, for speaking to someone at the school. So that's the best place to start to learn about us. Um, and, um, for any, um, uh, partners that would like to talk with Spartan, uh, about creating a program for them, we'd be more than happy to talk to them as well. Awesome. And we'll, we'll share a link to right to your website from wherever this is. So, um, well, Rob, I, I appreciate you coming on. It's been great talking with you and, uh, look forward to connecting in the future. Great. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Yep. Of course. Thank you. Take care.